I'm Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast, and we're going to talk about, after that 30-6 to loss to the Houston Texans, what coaching is playing the biggest factor into the Steelers' problems and how it needs to be addressed moving forward. That and a lot more after a disappointing Sunday. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel to get more of our daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked On NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Steelers fans, that was a very, very rough Sunday. And there's a lot of things to break down. I did my post-game initial reaction just on the gathering my thoughts, listening to press conferences and trying to break down, break down those. But I, I think the biggest thing about this game is that it's clear the Steelers looked unprepared for what the Texans were trying to do on either side of the ball. And I think it comes down, it definitely comes down to execution at points, but also preparing the players to execute in the right moments at the right at the right times. Mike Tomlin even kind of alluded to this. So I'm not going to play you a part of his press conference from after the game. I'm going to play you the press conference for uh, just a clip. It's a short clip from the Tuesday press conference where he mentioned this very element of the Steelers planning and practicing component that has to be better. And it just wasn't. So here was Mike Tomlin on Tuesday. Just a quick minute here that I think will outline a part of what I'm getting into in the show. Uh, sometimes getting better is just um, the coach component of it, putting plans together, um, putting more thorough plans together, um, presenting those plans with greater clarity to guys, having more depth to those plans in terms of concepts feeding off of one another offensively, defensively, and in special teams. Um, and then sometimes, obviously, it's the play component. Um, the division of labor, um, guys comfortable with being what they're being asked to do and playing faster with better fluidity. Uh, but, but there's some components to the get better. Um, the planning component, the coach component, the playing component, and then the adjustment component. We've been dealing with all of those things, and everyone does. Um, but I just want to be really clear about just everyone's still very much in development, as are we. and. I saw some signs there to build upon in the midst of earning the victory. So it's clear that there are still the Steelers are still in development, but the signs that were built to build upon from the Raiders game certainly did not carry over to the Texans game. But let's let's get back to the, the early part of what Tomlin said there, because I think that's very important to what the point that I that I'm that I'm about to try to make for you all. And that's if you go back through 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 what he's saying. He's talking about the coach component, but he's talking about putting plans together, putting more thorough plans together, presenting those plans with greater clarity to their guys and having more depth to those plans in terms of concepts feeding off of one another. And that's offensively, defensively and so on and so forth. So 
one, putting the plans together, but two, conveying those plans to your players so that they understand what their job is and that they're playing faster, they're playing smarter. And that's something that I think the Steelers have had for years, even when they were being outplayed, at least they were playing fast. They were playing like, like, hey, just got beat on this play. It was a good play. But this is where I think there's a big breakdown of what's going on with the Steelers is that you can blame play calls all you want. If a player knows the play call but doesn't execute it and there's an option, there's a, there's a space there to execute and win the play, and that's happening consistent, consistently, then you have to ask, what is the problem here? Now, oftentimes, if it's a veteran, if it's an older player, you're thinking, oh, well, they need to step up because this is this is the expectations in the NFL. But if it's a younger player and you're trying to get them into the flow of the NFL and build up their experience, you gotta coach them, you gotta coach them to see, like, hey, this is the path here. There's there's an open man here to throw to, or there's an assignment, there's a block, there's a block that needs to be made here. And this is the thing that has to happen on this play that we're scheming up. And there's the different ways that they may come at you on this play. A perfect example. Uh I think it was third down in the red zone. Kenny Pickett has a pass. Pockets protected. It's a simple flat corner route. Allen Robinson with Connor Hayward over top. There's two guys in the secondary on that play. And the flat corner is to simply say, hey, if they bite one way or the other, you're going to have somebody open. They got him to bite on the flat route. Connor Hayward's open in the back of the end zone. Kenny Pickett never never looks at him, throws it right to Allen Robinson. It's incomplete. It's fourth down. They kick the field goal. Moments like that, like that's that's a very simple one-two read right in the same area. You don't even got to turn your head. You just got to adjust. Just look over and just say, oh, there, there's the guy. And Kenny Pickett wasn't making those types of plays. And we'll get to into Kenny Pickett's potential injury and how long he might be out and what, what to look for there in a minute. But to me, this is becoming the theme of Matt Canada. Not not play calls per se, because I I, I go at it with guys on, on Twitter about it all the time. Like, hey, you said this is a bad play call, but this guy was open, that guy was open, that guy was open. As far as as far as bad play calls, a bad play call is when people just aren't open in reasonable spots. And like on the on the fourth down when Kenny Pickett got hurt, Calvin Austin was open over the top. Connor Hay was was open underneath. And the way the play was called, the line, it was blocked. Kenny Pickett just runs forward, he probably gets the first down. But instead, he runs to his left outside of Broderick Jones, who was actually blocking his man pretty well, and he gets sacked and unfortunately got injured. But one thing I have emphasized several times on this show, it's not enough to coach to call plays. You have to make sure your players understand that when these plays are called, they know where to go, when to go, and how to execute them. And that has been my biggest critique of Matt Canada. Everyone wants to talk about playbooks. Everyone wants to talk about this. I, I think that even when these are good, well-designed plays, Kenny Pickett has to know where to go. And this is something Alan Saunders from Steelers Now has brought up on this show and in his own work. But this, it's clear that Matt Canada is, is struggling, and he hasn't had experience before with doing this, and now he's struggling with it now, of getting his quarterback to understand what he's trying to get him to see. It'd be one thing if Pickett was physically unable to do this job. And maybe maybe there's there, there's some capability lack, lacking there. But we've seen that he can make these plays. We've seen him step up in big moments and big plays. And so I don't think that's the case. So what is the case? I think he can't see what he's being coached to, to try to see. And now it's been 16 starts in the Steelers offense. And the progress that was made last year 
obviously it hasn't carried over because he was turning the ball all over early last season, didn't turn the ball over as much late last season, and then preseason you saw him do what he did in the preseason, and now it's back to this. And even the last two weeks, you saw progress in the Browns game and progress in the Raiders game, and then back to square one with the Niners game. And can Kenny Pickett bounce back? I think he can. I think that Kenny Pickett is a fine player who can who who's he's a competitor. He's going to bring his best. He's going to do what he can to, to try to give his best effort out there. I don't think that he ever quits per se. I think he he fights through it. But it's not happening right now. And to me, when we're talking about Mike Tomlin, Canada, everybody, your number one job outside of winning the game, section number two job. But your, one of the primary objectives of this season is to develop Kenny Pickett into the franchise quarterback. And if he doesn't have it, he doesn't have it. But he at least needs to be able to show that he can be a viable quarterback to take what's there on the given plays. And there's been times he started to do that. Against the Raiders, he started to do that a little bit more. And that's when I was like, okay, there's progress there. That's what we talked about after the game. This game, all of that progress was gone. He wasn't seeing it. And there were times that he would make the occasional play, like the play of Najee Harris. That was kind of a scramble play where they kind of made something up at the last second, improvised, and it worked. But to me, this is the biggest problem. And it's it's something that includes Mike Tomlin and it includes Matt Canada. Clearly, their game plans, the way that they're preparing for these opponents, and not all their opponents, because the Browns and the Raiders, I think they had fine game plans for and they held in there. But the Niners and the Texans, they did not have answers on offense to be able to get Kenny Pickett to get out of whatever funk he was in to read the field and do the things that you expect from a starting quarterback. And again, we're not talking about asking him to be Patrick Mahomes and throwing five yard, you know, five touchdowns running away, throwing, you know, through double coverage and needing, you know, threading the needle and all that. We're not talking about that. We're just talking about taking what's right in front of you. And Mike Tomlin even talked about that. We talked about that earlier in the week was you can't even expand the playbook to get to anything complicated if you can't do the basic things right away. It's what we said all week. You got to do routine things routinely. And the Steelers offense isn't doing that. And especially and that and, and now at this point, especially with Kenny Pickett, you have you, you're, you're asking yourself, OK, can Kenny Pickett not do things routine things routinely or are they not? able to, to to coach him to that and that's a tough question because sometimes you can't make a, a there's a classic saying you can't make you can bring a horse to water but you can't make him drink and sometimes that's just the issue but Kenny Pickett comes off to me like a smart football individual he's a stu- student student of the game and I'm not saying they need to turn him into the franchise quarterback that's the savior and everything but you got to get better results than this from him he, he at least needs to look like you know Teddy Bridgewater when he's reading the field and just taking what's there, not making the biggest risks risks and keeping your team in the game. And if you can't do that, that's going to be, that's going to be the story story of his career. But as a coaching staff, they have to do better with getting him to see those things. And that goes across the board because it's not just him on the offense. And it's not just the offense. I'll talk about the defense in, in a little bit here because they are far from any, you know they're they're far from escaping any blame in the, in this loss because they also were pretty bad. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host Chris Carter. Stick with us. We got a lot more to discuss with Steelers lot. But first, I want to remind you guys this show is brought to you 
by LinkedIn every day. People are going on LinkedIn to find new jobs. And if you're looking for a new hire, this is the place to go because LinkedIn has LinkedIn jobs where you can create a free post in minutes to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue our show here after the Steelers have lost 30-6 to to the Texans. Um, let's get into the defense here because, man, there's a lot of problems. And I, I want to start with, first, the Texans did the right kind of scheme to expect with the, with the way the Steelers have played. The Steelers have been crushing team with their edge rushers. T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, they've been wrecking games. Even in the, te- the game that the Steelers lost to the Niners. T.J. Watt had three sacks. He was obviously a problem. But it was clear the Texans schemed up an offense that was that was designed to just minimize their efforts and force the defense to win with other guys. They had double teams, crackdown blocks, quick passes, screens, you know, pitches that go outside of them while the crackdown blocks are happening. They did everything they could to say, hey, you're not going to make these plays. And to be fair, that's the same thing the Steelers try to do with Miles Garrett in different ways, but they find ways to limit him and other premier edge rushers. It's why it's one of the reasons Miles Garrett doesn't get massive numbers when he goes up against Dan Moore Jr. It's not because Dan Moore Jr. is a, you know an elite offensive tackle, but it's because the Steelers are scheming in a way that says all he has to do is these things here, and Miles Garrett will not will not be a pass rushing factor in this game. And when that happens, the defense needs other other players to answer when that, when, when teams try to when trying to limit what T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith are doing, and they didn't. The Texans ran the ball what they wanted to do. Granted, they only averaged like what three point six, three point seven yards per, yards per run, but still, they ran the ball when they needed to early, and that changed the dynamic of the game. It allowed the Texans to play with a lead for the entire game. They, they started with the ball, they scored in their first possession, they never relinquished that lead. And they they used different ways to do it. They used you know the, the different runs that kind of either up the middle where the Steelers weren't strong in this game, or the pitches outside where they had cracked down blocks to again to take kind of a new, neutralize what the edges were able to do and said, hey safeties, corners, linebackers, come in, come out here and do your jobs. Went out in these spaces, and the Steelers defenders in those positions just didn't do it enough. And then they also hit him with the running back screens and the, and the different players who caught the screens. And the, the Steelers continuously looked like they weren't ready for that until maybe like the second half. And you got to give credit to CJ Stroud, too. He threw for over 300 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He, he looked like he understood what he was doing, made the plays that he was asked to play, make, and looked really solid in that process. But he also only completed 16 of 30 passes. That's just over 50%. And when you see that number, you think, man, if the Steelers could have gotten the, the Texans off schedule, which was 
Something Mike Tomlin talked about after the game is like having to disrupt them. He said that before the game, he talked about that after the Niners. He talks about it all the time. The key is to win on first down and win on second down. So you're first thing, those third and longs where they're behind the chains, third and eight and more, third and eight or more, or third and seven or more even. So that it's not, you know, you're taking away the quick passes where your guys don't have to tackle and you're taking, you're, you're taking away the quick, the, the runs that you have a higher chance of stopping because they have further to go. The Steelers didn't do that a lot. The few times they did that, they forced punts. And that's what the Steelers, that, that's when the Steelers defense gave, gave them a fighting chance. But you look at the problems in this game, the interior of the defensive line getting pushed backwards, the linebackers not looking like they were able to get into their right spots at the right time. And these are the veteran group that I thought was making headway after last week. Cole Holcomb's the last two games had looked like he was knowing where to be when he needed to be there. And attacking the right spots. Landon Roberts playing downhill, being physical. But these guys, they're making their tackles right now three and four yards beyond the line of scrimmage. You need to be making them at the line of scrimmage. You need to be limiting those plays, and they just weren't. And when you do that, you allow an offense with C.J. Stroud, a young quarterback, to move the ball, to stay ahead of schedule, to not put any pressure on him to have to do something wild to make a play. Because if he does that, if he does it in an unscripted play where it's like, man, you had you had everything lined up, but then it was taken away by the defense, and then you had to kind of had to make something up at the last minute. It's like, hey, you know what? You could beat like that. You could beat like that. That's what makes Patrick Mahomes such a great quarterback is that he does that kind of stuff a lot on top of being a really good in-structure quarterback. But the Steelers didn't force C.J. Stroud to have to do that nearly enough in this game. They did put pressure, and it was funny enough, you know, when you look at some of those third and fourth down stops, it was pressure from the edges that got those that won those plays. It wasn't necessarily coverage as much. And so now you look at, at yourself. If you're the Steelers, there's a clear bl- blueprint right now. If you're the, if you look at, if you look at the, the the Steelers sitting at two and two, their two wins, their edge rushers took over. The two losses, well, the Niners game at least T.J. Watt he did kind of take over, but it was just too late because the Steelers offense didn't do nearly enough, and the rest of the defense got their butts kicked. But the Steelers, but the Texans game, neither had a sack. C.J. Stroud didn't get sacked in this game with a backup offensive line. Texans had the right plan for this. And this, again, goes back to coaching. It goes back to planning. It goes back back to execution of that plan. Knowing, hey, they're probably going to try to neutralize these guys. You all have to be ready. Cole Holcomb, Landon Roberts, Quan Alexander, Keanu Neal, Devontae KZ, and Mika Fitzpatrick. You have to be ready to be in these positions. Patrick Peterson, Levi Wallace as well, Joey Porter Jr., everybody. They're going to try to take these guys away. You guys are going to have to win the game. And it was clear in this instance they were not able to. And if that keeps happening for the Steelers, the season gets a lot rougher. And I think it draws into some serious questions, some personnel questions that the Steelers continue to force you to ask with the way that they're using their players right now. And some of it is tough because of injuries. But it's not tough enough to the point that the Steelers shouldn't have any answers and shouldn't try anything. Mike Tomlin said that there would be change after this game. I wonder what that change will be, and I'll give you some of my thoughts on what those changes to be, especially with the personnel decisions after this next break here in the line. First, before we go anywhere else, I want to remind you this show is also, also sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America, and get ready, for, get ready for the NFL and all the offers that they have from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $5. If you bet $5 right now, you can get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed, plus all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off 
NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel, the app that's easy to use so that you can be on everything from player spreads to player prop bets and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today and you can kick off the rest of this NFL season and off with an offer that you won't want to miss. That's FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. NFL. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue to uh, break down this loss the Steelers had, and I got to talk about the personnel decision because this is also on coaching. As much as planning and scheming is, so is putting the, the right guys out there at the right times. So leading in at cornerback, I think that the cornerbacks weren't the biggest problem in this game, but I also think that it's time that you see Joey Porter Jr. Because it'd be one thing if the veteran corners were keeping you in the game. But in this game, you had that last touchdown with Nico Collins and Patrick Peterson just getting beat badly in that play. And you see that the corners aren't necessarily coming up and helping the runs particularly very well. They don't seem to be that big of a difference maker here. And to me, when you see that, and you see that over a course of four games, now granted, again, the Raiders game, they saved the day. Patrick Peterson had a pick. Levi Wallace had two picks, but in the Browns game, they weren't all that great. And the Niners game, they were really bad. But when you see that being a problem over multiple games and you have a rookie cornerback who I believe, again, was only targeted one time and didn't give up a, a reception. Maybe I, I, I need to, I still need to do a full rewatch of everything in this game, but Joey Porter Jr., He's going to get toasted. He's going to get beat. But I think you could, you'd rather learn with him while you can and see what you can get there. And then also with the secondary, talking about just you know personnel-wise and how guys are used, I've made this point several times in this show before, and I'm going to continue to make it. I, I think this plan with Minka Fitzpatrick is wrong. I get that he is a phenomenal playmaker and a very smart football player. The guy studies religiously. He's all over the place. He knows how to do different roles, and that's great. And he's good at that. But he's elite at being a center fielding free safety, and that is where you want him to be. That's what you need an elite player on your defense. That's where he's an X factor. He changes the game from that position. And when he's doing these other jobs, he's being good. He's helping. But he's not being elite. And you have to put him in, in that position so that you can have that there. And now the question then comes, and because maybe it'll take, maybe the Steelers see something there. And maybe he will become elite doing this role where he's all over the defense. But then the question becomes, are you doing it because of that? Or are you be doing it because you know the rest of your secondary can't hold up in their jobs? Are you doing that because DeMonte KZ and Keanu Neal actually aren't as good as you thought they'd be coming into this season? DeMonte KZ, to be all fairness, you know, was very good when they when they called upon him last season and was a huge asset to the defense. Keanu Neal, I think he had a good game last week. Other than that, I haven't seen him have good games. And maybe it is also a sign of just how much they miss Terrell Edmonds. And that's just a maybe. I'm not definitely saying that. But when it comes to Mika Fitzpatrick, you want him back there doing that role, center fielding, robber role, playing the middle of the field, taking that away. And then everyone else just do your jobs, win these spots. 
You don't have to float all around, do everything. Just when, you know, you know, Demonte KZ, your job is either the, the deep half over there or coming down and helping in this coverage spot, maybe helping with the slot, taking over a, an intermediate zone, something. But right now, it seems like the secondary, they don't have the answers. And Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, he hasn't been he hasn't been in a position to make a big play just yet in this role. And that's where I think that the Steelers, they need to reevaluate things. That's on Terrell Austin. And again, Mike Tomlin right at the top of the chain here. But I think that that's a big plan that that I think is potentially costing them right now. And again, if they don't stop the run, ultimately it doesn't matter too. But speaking of stopping the run, I continue to bang the drum of where's Braden Vahoko? The defensive tackle that they brought in from the from the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, who was a run stuffer, who ate double teams, wasn't a pass rusher, couldn't get after the quarterback much, but if teams ran at him, he would be he would be a wall. He would protect your linebackers and allow them to go make plays and allow you to be a more physical team. And this was a, a Texans team that. You know, that like, you know, much like the Niners, much like the Browns and also like the, the Raiders, they're going to they tried to run the ball and they they didn't do it to an elite fashion, but they did it enough to create space to win in the passing game. The Steelers team Steelers defense is predicated on being able to stop the run to force all the other things to happen. When you can't stop the run, it neutralizes your ability to have elite edge rushers or it neutralizes the chances of the elite edge rushers to be game breakers. And again, I'm not saying that Braden Fajoko just throw him in there and all of a sudden the run defense is fixed and yay, but I'm saying you're not getting answers up the middle right now. And that includes some of your younger defensive linemen where I see DeMarvin Leal getting pushed five yards back. I see Keanu Benton getting pushed four yards back. I see um, Armin Watson, Montrevious Adams not doing enough in those situations. And then also behind them, the linebackers not flowing downhill, not being aggressive, not attacking those spots. And I see a lot of balanced issues there that the Steelers need to address on defense. And if you need somebody to change the tone against the run, somebody, and maybe that somebody's Cam Hayward and he's out and you need it, but you got to have somebody else. You There needs to be someone that can step up and change that tone at the line of scrimmage and be dominant at the point of attack. And if not dominant, at least neutralize that part of the game so that you can get to that point where you're able to win because you forced third and longs and, and so on and so forth. But again, all this comes back to you do these things. You, you stuff the run, you play better on the interior with your defensive line, your linebackers get into better places. Your safeties are getting into better places. Your corners aren't getting beat on quick routes. You do those things. Guess what happens? It neutralizes the effort of the other team to try to new, to try to get rid of and erase the potential impact of your best players and your edge rushers. And again, it all comes back down to countering what they're trying to do. And I think the defense did that for a little bit in this game. They started to realize what the Texans were doing. They responded, but eventually the Texans responded back. And when they did, there was no pressure on them because the Steelers offense wasn't doing enough on there. And again, that goes back to coaching as well. For being not prepared for, for not being prepared to how to attack this offense or attack this defense. So in summation, Steelers were out prepared, out schemed, and outgunned. 
And it doesn't doom them for the rest of the season because, you know, you could have said the same thing after the Niners game and they came back and won two straight games off that. So they could very well, I, mean, I can say the Steelers could very well beat the Ravens next week, but not if they play like this. And a factor may be they're more familiar with teams like the Browns and the Raiders and eventually the Ravens than they are the Niners uh, and the um, uh, and the Texans because they're you know new coaches that they don't that they don't go up against offense and uh, and that the Texans are you know a whole new scheme there that they're working with. But the bottom line is you better figure it out because if the if the Steelers go into Baltimore, or they're not going into Baltimore, they're in Pittsburgh. But if the Steelers lay an egg against the Ravens, they'll have gone from two and one to two and three, lost the edge of holding the early uh, division lead heading into their bye. And then they're going to start playing from behind, which is what they did last year and led to them missing the playoffs. And that was something the Steelers could not have happen this year. We've seen them bounce back before, but they need to do so again. Lots to break down. We'll keep studying the tape here on the Locked On Steelers podcast so we can get you all our further insights. Don't worry. Our stars and skulls grades will be coming out with our Tuesday episode. We hope to have Alan Saunders on. Hopefully, he's not stuck on a plane like the Steelers are. Also, forgot to update the Kenny Pickett situation. We don't know what his knee injury is exactly, but we know there was a knee injury. Mike Tomlin said it's being evaluated, but according to uh, Ray Fittipato of the Post-Gazette, there's no MRI machine at, at uh, the Texan stadium. So Steelers then had to um, get him on the plane, get him home. The pl- they, it was a new plane they had this week, not the same plane that didn't that had problems last week. They had a new plane this week and that had mechanical issues. And that took them a little bit longer to get home. I anticipate the timeline is, is by the time you're seeing this, it's either late Sunday night going into Monday morning or Monday morning. They'll probably evaluate him in the morning. And then they'll probably leak stories about what it is and what they're what they're seeing in the in those tests by you know noonish or maybe like early afternoon Monday. And so then we'll have a better idea of what's going on with Kenny Pickett. But either way, we'll keep you updated up to date with everything that's going on with the Steelers right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Hang in there, Steelers fans. I know it's a tough one, but we got it. Well, we will keep you up to date to see how your team tries to bounce back as they get ready for their division rival, the Baltimore Ravens. So again, we'll try to have Alan Saunders on tomorrow our stars and skulls grades and see what we will see what we see as we study the film even more on the Pittsburgh Steelers here I'm your host Chris Carter follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter critiques read my work at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the at, at, at Carter critiques again read me at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette that's post-gazette.com check me out on the Lockdown Steelers podcast Monday through Friday on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube like this video if you enjoyed subscribe to this channel uh, for all your all the episodes that we put out here thanks again for tuning in I'll see you tomorrow right here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast 